Hello and welcome back to another episode of That's Debatable. I'm Miles Ablis. And I'm Creed Finnefrock. On this show, we break down a complex issue, then use evidence and reasoning to debate both sides. Just a reminder that this show is primarily meant to educate and that the positions we take are not necessarily representative of our views or the views of KMIH. Today is a very special episode because we are joined by, rec- by a recurring guest, Marcus Hewell.er Hello, ladies and gentlemen. In this episode, we'll be discussing age restrictions in America for drinking, driving, voting, and smoking. All right, so first let's start with voting. So when people talk about age restrictions for voting, they're usually talking about either lowering it to 16 or something and or raising it to 21. So first I'll start with lowering it to 16. Cold cognition is the ability to reason logically when not under pressure. And that ability has been proven to plateau at age 16. And so what people are saying is that why should 16-year-olds not be able to vote if they have just as much logical reasoning ability as someone that's 18 or 21? Yeah, I think one of the things that could go against that is they may have the logical reasoning ability, but that doesn't mean they'll use it as much. I think people who are older have more real-life experience. They have the, the choices they make when they vote affects them so much more. Because when you're 16 and 17, you're probably living inside your parents' home. You don't have to pay taxes. You don't have to buy your own food. You don't have to pay for electricity or whatever. But once you hit 18 or older, and maybe you're living on your own, all of a sudden that becomes more real to you. And what happens in the real world gets applied more. So then you actually have to use that logical ability. Um, so, you know, they may have the same amount of ability, but that doesn't mean that they have the experience or will use it as much. Hmm. Well, the other thing that we can consider, though, in terms of if we were to lower the voting age, for example, is education would become a much more hot-ticket issue. Currently, um, in fact, if we think about it in terms of how educational voting works now, it's actually a little strange. When we vote on things for stuff like public school, the people who aren't in public school are the ones making decisions about how public school should be run. So... If we had a situation where the voting age was lowered, um, let's just say across the board, not just for uh, national elections and stuff, then we would have a situation where those who are actively being influenced by systems like educational systems specifically, those are going to be the people who are able to make indis- or who are able to put input um, about the educational system and their current experiences in it and have that reflected within the vote. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense having, well, it makes some sense to have that. I think one of the reasons that it doesn't happen is just because a lot of kids would probably try to use that to their advantage. It's a personal level. I mean, no one likes to have hard things in life, um, but school is a hard thing. But if you go through it well and you work hard, you come out of it knowing a lot more. And I think if people just try to make it easier and easier for themselves, they're going to get into the real world, real world and get hit a lot harder than they would expect. Obviously, there are things that we can change in our educational system, mm-hmm. but I think what should it should be left to people who have had more experience actually working within the system than you know going through it currently. Mm-hmm. And let's think about like local elections. If you're 16 and you'd be able to vote in the local elections, you could most likely just get a group together and pretty much swing the election and ban to, to some degree. Like yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like if you could convince your entire school. Uh, to go to some sort of election or, you know, the 16 plus kids in your school. That's probably, what, two-thirds of a school almost? That's a large mm-hmm. amount. Um, you know. Well, if you just think about the number, like, for our schools, um, 
for it Mercer Island. It could be Island. like three-fifths of the yeah. school almost. For Mercer Island or Issaquah High School. Issaquah High School, uh, I don't know about Mercer Island, but we have 2,600 students. If you... If yeah, we have sixteen hundred. Yeah, we're, we're like a thousand less. <laughs> but yeah, no, I but see yeah, what you're you going swing, with that. You know, even sixty percent of either of our schools—that's it's a lot of votes, right? So yeah, yeah, it's a lot of votes. So I think that's another reason that should that age should probably stay at eighteen. I think eighteen is a good age, just because that's when you're regarded as an adult. That's when you really get into the real world, and you know you're you've got that mental capacity to do it too. Yeah, and some people have even proposed raising the age to something like twenty-one or even higher sometimes and that's just because by the time you're 21 you have a lot more experience most people at 18 have barely even stepped into their career and people at 21 are more likely to be knowledgeable about the government and also just the real world and how issues affect them i mean in that case you could just raise it up to like 25 and still have the same <laughs> argument right yeah yeah i, I actually did see someone there, there are countries website. with 25 yeah. as a voting age yeah. I believe. Yeah. I think that, and then you have like the reverse issue there, right? Because when you raise the voting age by too much, then suddenly politicians don't have to cater to younger, more pressing issues. Um, for example, climate change. For yeah. us, we could always just say, we'll do it later. But, um, but in general, I think the voting age is probably at a good place. Um, if you can be considered an adult and you can be punished or... Uh, reprimanded within the full extent of the legal system when you turn 18, then you should be able to have a say in how that system works, right? So, Aren't there some crimes that you're charged as an adult for before you turn 18, though? I'm not sure. I'd have to look into it more, honestly. I think it th there might be one or two crimes that do go into that category. Now, what you were saying about 18 being a good age, most of the world agrees with you on that. Uh, many countries have 18 as their age. I think it's uh, about 90% of countries or more have 18 mm. as their voting age. Now, some have 16 or some have as low as 13 um, for their voting age. Now, the the countries with 16, mostly for the 16 and 17-year-olds, they can only vote within local elections, but then for state statewide or uh, country elections, they have to vote. Uh, well, they can't vote until they're 18. And then some countries also have uh, ages where you have to vote. You legally have to vote between, like, 18 and 70. That t tends to be the consistent range for those countries. So, like, Brazil is one of those countries where you have to vote between 18 and 70 for every single election that you're involved with. Yeah. Well, that's fascinating because a compulsory vote isn't necessarily the best way to vote. I mean, in my opinion, everyone should vote. Voting is, like waiting for a bus, not waiting for your true love. It doesn't need to be perfect. There'll be another one in four years. Like, just vote for whoever you think is best. But in any case, like, compulsory voting means that you can have uneducated voters swinging elections, right? Yeah. Or uninformed voters. Unless you could just write in some random name. <laughs> and it oh my gosh. doesn't make sense. Just like, oh, yeah, vote for, you know, the guy from Pizza Hut. Yeah, why not? Yeah, I mean, there's also, this kind of gets into other types of voting restrictions or voting laws. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, I think Brazil, what they have is illiterate people don't have to vote during that 18 to 70 age range. Mm. Um, and then there's other things with, you know, how, what types of people can vote also in mm -hmm. certain countries and um, how that plays into things. So, right. Yeah, and I think another problem with lowering it to 16 would be that it would essentially be the parents voting for the kids in a lot of cases because yeah. the parents might ask the kid like hey who are you voting for 
Yeah, then say this person, you know. The whole parental pressure comes into play, mm-hmm. right? If yeah. You lower it by too much. Yeah, like you're barely in high school. Like you're not going to have that kind of ability to stand up to your parents and say the opposite thing as mm-hmm. them. And never mind the fact that you probably still just have the same ideas as them naturally. Yeah, I mean, that that's how growing up works. You tend to lean towards whatever your parents teach you until maybe you hit something that's like a complete opposite and you're like, ooh, yeah. this makes sense. Um, now, I want to get into two countries that have interesting voting ages. United Arab Emirates and Western Sahara have no voting age restrictions. Now, they, they do have some restrictions for different types of votes so you have to be at least 25 for membership of the electoral college and united arab emirates um and then in the western sahara it's 18 for residents of moroccan controlled western sahara in moroccan Mm. elections Mm. but other than that you don't it doesn't matter what age you are and you can vote well it does generate this idea of accountability but i would say that it's massively offset by the fact that a six-year-old can vote and can actively influence an electoral system that I very much find improbable that they understand. So, <laughs> like, if, if you can bring me a six-year-old who can explain the electoral college to me, I, then... I think I may know one, but... You know. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, they, they should absolutely be allowed to vote, but I am 16 years old, and... I barely understand the Electoral College myself. So, so what so. if we made it where you had to be able to explain the Electoral College before you could vote? No, that's a slippery slope. <laughs> that would be it's, kind of yeah. funny. Uh, okay, would it be funny? Yes. But I think that um, the slippery slope we run into is this... Um, the Well, historically, America at one point demanded literally state tests that were subjective and uh, were designed to disenfranchise black voters. And I think that... Something like that, um, having some sort of explanation as a requirement to vote, uh, is just a slippery slope in that way. That being said, if a six-year-old can describe the Electoral College, I really hope it's on YouTube somewhere, because I, I want to see that. <laughs> and that brings up the question, like, do you really need to be able to understand the government to make an informed vote? Hmm. I don't think you necessarily need to understand exactly how the government works in order to be able to vote, but you should at least have an understanding of you know, the job that whoever you're voting for is going into. Mm-hmm. So, like, if you're, if you're voting for the president, you should you should probably know what the president does. Yeah. Um, whereas if you're voting for something really minor, it shouldn't matter as much, but you should still try to grasp an understanding of, you know, this is what they're proposing in this job, this is what people should try to do, that sort of thing. Yeah. Now, I do want to get into one last country. Thailand, you have to be 18 to vote, but... You also have to, that's only if you are a Thai citizen since birth. And if you are not a Thai citizen since birth, you have to have least been in Thailand as a citizen for five years before you can vote. Hmm. So if you show up there, you're 20 years old, you have to be a citizen in Thailand for five years before you can vote. So that would be at 25. Well, that's not the worst rule because it um, implies that you actually need to be part of yeah to have a stake in yeah. the country right and that i mean that's not the most unreasonable thing you should have a stake in the place that you're influencing their election process um that being said if there's a drastic policy change at some point in thailand uh, there may be a large block of voters that are going to be negatively affected that can't vote um yeah or like something involving immigration if you have a lot of new immigrants to your country that are citizens then it might kind of discredit them Mm -hmm. yeah 
And then, you know, they have to wait five years or something to right, actually make right. a change about mm-hmm. it, and maybe by then it gets set in stone. Right. And, but, I mean, that's difficult. But I think that within the broader context of the... Or not... Actually, I'll take it down I, to I a think, smaller analogy. If someone... If someone was living in your house, if they stayed for a week and they decided to change out all of your light bulbs or something to something different. Um, Take all of them from normal to colored light bulbs. Yeah, Swapping it to red, blue, and green light bulbs in every room. Exactly. That would be unreasonable if they'd been there a week. If they'd been there for like a year and they had talked to you and you'd built some sort of relationship with them. I don't know why you would want multicolored light bulbs across your house, but maybe it'd be at least something I mean, a discuss. couple of them look pretty cool. Like, you okay. know, if you put it in one area, <laughs> that might be cool. Yeah. Like a disco room or whatever. But that's kind of, like, that would be, like, <laughs> the idea behind residency, right? Yeah. Is that yeah. you would actually, there, you would have stakes in each other, mm-hmm. right? Except I, by getting citizenship, you're kind of saying that you're laying down roots in a particular country. And so you, would you could so, right? say that yeah. you should be able to have a say. And, like, you wouldn't be changing the lights on your own. You you would just get a vote in, like, the house or whatever. Yeah. So one light. I think yeah. it would be interesting if that age was changed to three years. Or not age, but you know what I'm the trying time? to say. The yeah. time, if that was changed to three years. Because if we're going off of four years for elections, mm-hmm. then you'd probably be able to vote in the next presidential election no matter what. Yeah, one would hope. Uh, so anyway, right? Depending on when you came in. And if mm-hmm. not, then you'd probably be able to vote during midterms. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that sort of thing would be really interesting. And that could be, like, if this is implemented in USA, that's how it would look. Right, right. Um, I think it's really good to have something along those lines, probably, where it's like, you know, you you make sure that you're actually a part of the community. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there are those cases where it's like, you know, this could actually hurt them in a sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like those cases are a lot minor. That Those cases are... You know, that doesn't happen as much. Mm-hmm. So I think that for the majority, it seems to have somewhat of a good reasoning behind it. Mm. Yeah, I just feel like there wouldn't be a massive problem with people voting and then running away. Yeah, <laughs> I I but think. most people don't really it's pretty. Get... It's pretty hard to get citizenship, so if yeah. you've got it, you, you're already pretty invested in the country, obviously. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'd like to do some more research on why Thailand <laughs> does that specifically, but I think there's... There's some good parts to that idea and then some parts that are, you know, mm-hmm. not as useful. I mean, it highlights a broader theme of, like, every country kind of has some strange restrictions on voting in some way, shape, or form. But it's just kind of like, to what degree do these laws disenfranchise voters versus maintain the integrity of the electorate, right? All right, we've been going on for a while, so we're going to switch right now to smoking age. So currently the smoking age in America is 21, and yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> and stop. What a transition. All right. Okay, smoking ages. Smoking ages, there's a little bit of difference in smoking age. There's legal age to smoke products, and then legal age to buy the products. Now, a lot of countries have separate uh, ages for these, as in Algeria. Algeria has no age for being able to smoke. But then you, can, you can't buy it until you're 19 years old. Whereas other countries just have no age at all. And then, other, and then countries like Chad have 18 listed for both. So there's three, three different types of ways this kind of goes. This is probably the most likely to not change out of all the ones we're doing today. It seems like 21 is kind of the sweet spot because 
you're pretty much fully an adult by then. I don't know. I mean, I'm seeing a lot of 18 for purchase and then no age for smoking. It's pretty interesting. So, like, a lot of countries in Asia or around Asia have no smoking age, but it's around 18 to 21 that they have to be in order to buy them. But in countries like Turkmenistan, it's illegal overall. Usually when laws change, though, there's, like, a lot of public outcry. There's a lot of people talking about it. Like, when's the last time you heard people talking about smoking in the news? Not Not really. It's been a while. It's been a while. The age of cigarettes and us having exposés about, oh my gosh, cigarettes are bad for you. And then a month later, oh my gosh, the companies knew that the cigarettes were bad for us. I'm like, yeah, well, okay. (laughs) But at any rate, cigarettes and smoking is just kind of weird because we have clinically proven that it is a health risk and it will hurt you. Mm -hmm. But it's completely legal, right? So within that... um, it's a little strange, right? Because 21 is just kind of the number we landed on because that's when we think of you as like a fully developed adult in terms of health options. But there are studies that are showing that the brain doesn't actually finishing de- finish developing until you're about 25. Um, so that is one potential reason for reconsideration. But at any rate, I think personally, I think that smoking is terrible. Um and that it's rank for you, and you'll live a shorter life. But honestly, if that is what you'd like to do, then 21 is the current age, but I don't see why you shouldn't have to. Um, or you can go to other countries and have it at a younger age. I mean, <laughs> right. I think it's, uh, oh, I can't remember which one, but there's many countries that have no age or 16 as their smoking age. Mm. Yeah, um, interesting. Now, purchasing it's going to be a completely different issue. Um, but if you, if you know people, I guess, you know. <laughs> but, Well, I think as long as you've been educated on the risks of smoking, I think that it, or as long as you can potentially comprehend those risks, I think that 16 to 21 are potentially good ages, um, within there, because at least for, at least for me, um, yeah, we had our smoking The, the majority then. of the world agrees on 18. I think the 18 is like the best number that countries have been able to come up with for pretty much every <laughs> single thing. Other than driving, which we'll get into in a bit. Yeah. But I think 18 is, you know, most countries... I, I think I've only seen on this list of all the countries in the world about 10 to 20 that list 20 or above 18 as their smoking age. But so, my thing is, like, why would you want to give smoking that publicity by lowering the age to 18? I feel like that would just make people smoke I mean, more. that might be if those countries depend a lot on the tobacco, the, you know, the whole tobacco economy. Because p- countries that actually depend on that sort of stuff would probably want that age to be a lot lower so they could sell a lot more. Yeah, I'm talking about like America, though, because that's what this debate's about. <laughs> <laughs> well, fair enough, but we like the global view. Or global whatever, views I are guess. a lot more helpful. But <laughs> yes. I think we'll advertise they... it as American, but like you know, it's fine. We advertise <laughs> plenty of things that are American that aren't actually from here. But like French fries. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but um, I mean, okay, a different viewpoint though. Lowering the uh, lowering the smoking age doesn't actually help that much in terms of economic feasibility because yeah. past the age of 18, not many people have a lot of money to spend. Usually. Usually. Well, okay, we, we live in, you know, Washington, Issaquah, Mercer Island, so that's not our best. This is, this is a not, not the most, you know, unbiased. But hey, if, if we are going worldwide, that is correct. Yeah. So... 
economically, it just isn't super helpful to have that entire generation of smokers, honestly. Though, the thing is, um, ironically, if you were to do that and you were to lower the age, then you would run out of a market of smokers higher up because they would start dying off sooner. <laughs> They're kind of locked in to wherever they are. Yeah. It's like, they, if they lower their age, they'll um, make the age of death go down. So what are you going to do? Yeah. Yeah. I think the bigger issue at this point is probably vaping products. Oh, yeah. Yeah, nicotine addiction is a massive thing. Yeah. Um, and there's also nic- nicotine gum for people who are trying to go off of vapes. Mm-hmm. They go to the gum, they chew on the gum for a while, and then a lot of times they end up getting hooked on the gun, mm. the gum. Um, now, a lot of people are able to use that process to get off of nicotine because mm-hmm. um, there are vapes that actually can control how much it sends out to you based on time period and how long you've been using the vape. I know someone personally who he's running this construction company and that was something he used um, to get off of his vape. But, you know, that's a whole different issue with Mm -hmm. kids in school accessing it super easily. I mean, a lot of the whole thing was like it looks like a USB USB thing Mm -hmm. um, or a flash drive. And all of a sudden you can sneak it into school. No problem. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And now in schools you see vape sensors everywhere. Yeah. I... (sighs) It's just like, honestly, addiction and nicotine addiction in particular um, is just a problem, right? Drug addiction in general is going to be a problem um, for years. It's not There's no simple fix. We keep looking for a simple fix, but then somehow we keep repurposing the simple fixes to amplify the problem. So age-wise, it may not matter at this point, honestly, the, um, the age for smoking because we found alternatives to make it younger, right? Yeah. Something I want to bring up, though, is there is a study from California. I think I think on the national scale, smoking was changed to 21 quite recently. I think it was 2019. Yeah. I, actually, I think it was 2020 or something. Okay. Well, uh, well in California, there was a study where uh, California raised the smoking age from 18 to, 20, to 21 in 2016. Uh, UC Davis found that the smoking in ages between 18 to 20 decreased from 2.2% to pretty much zero. Wow. And so a lot of times you hear these debates and people are like, uh, age restrictions aren't going to do anything. But in this case, it actually did. People weren't willing to go through the hassle to break the law. Yeah. Who, who wants to go to a hassle to get addicted to something that you're going to spend all your money on and die earlier from? <laughs> people who are addicted. Yeah. But, but that's, you know, that's the whole issue that it, smoking leads to. So I think it's that inter- that study is really interesting because it just pr- helps prove how in- increasing that age can actually benefit a lot of people. Right. And I mean, I mean, by lowering the age, you create a whole, or lowering the age, raising the age that it's required, you just close off the gateway, right? And so yeah. the number of people who could get addicted probably just won't, hopefully. Yeah. Not all of them, but... A- significant portion right i can't really see them raising the age like what 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 age restrictions go past 21 very i don't think i know uh you have to be 35 to run for president (laughs) okay (laughs) but yeah but yeah i think it'd be more likely that it would be just outlawed rather than raised yeah past 21 at this point i mean it's difficult to gauge right where public opinion goes on these things but it to move the ages on specific age restrictions, right, um, requires a fair amount of public concentration. 
which is something we don't run into a lot these days, unfortunately. Um, because of screens and the age of social media, life moves really fast, and unfortunately, a lot of the entertainment around the world tells us that things happen very seamlessly. And if we just pay attention to it for a little while, um, it'll fix itself. Sadly, that's not how life works. But what are we going to do? You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, uh, let's move on to the next topic here. Driving ages. Driving ages are something really interesting because there's different types of licenses that you can get. There's the learner's permit, then there's the restricted permit, and then there's a normal permit for unrestricted. Uh, and that's all in the U.S. alone. Uh, so for, I think... A learner's permit, the age in the United States, depending on which state you're in, it's anywhere from 14 to 16 when you can get your learner's permit. And then a restricted permit is between 16 and 17. And then a unrestricted permit is always right after 18. And then in countries like Australia, you can have an unrestricted permit at 17 and a half, but that's if you pay for like a really special course that is really expensive and you have to pass really high grades with but you can get an unrestricted permit by 17 and a half. And then a lot of countries actually have driving ages based on what you will be driving. Huh. So for Japan, 16 is the minimum driving age for motorcycles under 400cc. 18 is the or ordinary semi-medium vehicle and motorcycles over 401cc. Hmm. Yeah. And yeah. then I can't remember exactly which one it is. Uh, Qatar has 18 for light motor vehicles and 21 for heavy vehicles. And then Israel has different ones depending on the uh, time of driving at night, actually. That's really interesting. Uh, 16 years and 9 months for cars with 3 months of par parental supervision all times and 3 months at night. Fascinating. Um, so I just want us to acknowledge as a room that as a bunch of guys who just got their driver's license within the last like year or so, uh, we're probably a little biased <laughs> towards this age. But um, I mean, in all seriousness, though, um, in order to develop a young generation that can actually be independent and can accomplish greater goals and move into greater goals going into adulthood, they need to be able to drive. Like, we just live in a society where you need to be able to drive places so that you can do things, right? Yeah. And having mm -hmm. a child who cannot drive themselves past a certain point becomes incredibly difficult. Um, mm -hmm. And so, like, it's just, it's just useful, right? Yeah. Because yeah. it's a well, strain on the number of cars in the household and the number of yeah. places people need to be. Going back to what you said earlier, I'm, like, only two or three months away from unrestricted license, so that's great. Really excited <laughs> for that. It's probably not going to change anything, honestly. <laughs> um, but I do want to bring something up. There's countries, I think a majority of countries actually have 18. Yeah, 18. As, mm -hmm. as um, but then others, Niger has 23 years old. Wow. To be able to drive. Um, let's see. Morocco has 21 for trucks, which is pretty interesting. And then <laughs> Egypt is 18 for cars, but 16 for motorcycles. Huh. Well, I mean, and that's reflective of the... What do you what do you call it? The motor, the modality. No, <laughs> um, the their like the strength. Yes, of the, the automobiles in those countries. Yes, we're just gonna go with that. The yep. automobiles in those that countries. That sounds so fluid. But um, <laughs> but anyway, it's we run into a different issue though, right? With raising or lowering that age, is it just drastically changes the demographics and the type of people, the type of brain development that we have within those people uh, for 
driving. Because, um, like, what? People our age, um, the age, uh, because 16 is the lowest rate here for uh, being an actual driver with a license. Um, yeah, for an unre- for yeah. a restricted license, it's 16. Right. Or 15, 16, I um, think it is. Having, having that license, we actually are the highest risk um actually we are right um yeah. like 16 to like 23 or something well, that's um, why insurance is killer yeah for people and, <laughs> and be, especially if we're men um we are considered to be the highest risk drivers on the road we are in a pain to insure uh, but congrats um, guys yeah good for us but um <clears throat> but if we didn't if we couldn't drive, then things would be worse, right? Because we, all of us use our cars, right? From our perspective. From our perspective, of course, <laughs> yes. I'm sure we would get by. Okay, but, so here's you know. the thing. For me on a personal level, if I didn't have a car, I couldn't really do anything at all. I mean, I'm living in a place where I need to go drive, like, across a bridge to get to school 15 minutes away, 20 minutes away on a drive. Um, so for me on a personal level, I'd really like it if it was kept the way it is now. <laughs> But for some other people, I'm sure it wouldn't be as difficult, but I think the way our society is structured too, and the need to have some sort of vehicle, I think 16 is a pretty good age. Um, yeah, and you were talking about like how our society is structured, but I think the so- I think society would have to restructure if we moved it to 18 or something. I'm yeah. sure there's ways around that, like more public transportation. Mm-hmm. And one of the advantages of raising it to 18 is that even among like the same experience level drivers, eighteen year olds are less likely to get into accidents, mm. which is pretty interesting. Yeah, I think. Well, I think that there's just less peer pressure because you by eighteen, hopefully, you've <laughs> developed a slightly stronger sense of self um, in yeah. terms of just like what kind of person you are, to some degree at least, um, because you're transitioning between college and high school, right? And so you have maybe a stronger sense of who you you're gonna be right exactly hopefully i don't know Craig, check back with us in april tell us if you feel like you've reached a new stage of enlightenment but no, i don't, I don't know if that's exactly how it works <laughs> no uh, just automatically yes on no april, i wake exactly. up yeah. on april 16th yes. and i'm a new man that is exactly <laughs> how it works you're gonna grow six inches it's just like yeah <laughs> wait i'll be six three yes obviously. no way wow yes no wait almost six four Wow. What a guy. That'd be so massive. Incredible. Yeah. I'm a- Another argument. <laughs> Back on topic. Sorry. Okay. I, I do want to bring this other one up. I find Denmark's really interesting. 15 for mopeds, quads, and snowmobiles. 17 for cars, 21 for heavy trucks, and 24 for heavy bus. Huh. Yeah. That and makes sense. The minimum age for driving a car without supervision is 18. Interesting. Interesting. Do you think there's a similar thing in America for like buses, for example? Because I don't I, know if I I've ever had a bus driver under like. 25. I don't think so. I don't know if I have a bus driver. I don't think many people under yeah. 25 want to drive buses. Yeah, yeah. But it's also like there's there's so much you have to be responsible for. There's buses are massive, heavy, and dangerous. Yeah, right? there, there's so many people on them too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, one mistake is a lot of lot of lives. Yeah. And like, a lot of lives, a lot of paperwork. Just think of how long the bus is, too. Oh, yeah. Like, how are you supposed to control the back of a vehicle that's, like, 50 feet behind you? <laughs> Speaking of which, at my wrestling meet the other day, the the way we had to turn into the school, there was no space at all for the bus to turn, so we ended up going, like, up over the curve, the curb, drove on the curb for a little while with, like, the back one of the back wheels, 
and we're able to finally get to where we needed to be. <laughs> so that wasn't the bus driver's fault. It was people parking in horrible places, and then also just a really poorly designed parking lot. Yeah, I'm sure some like 20 year olds would be very happy to do that. Exactly. I don't. I do not want to have to try to do that. Yeah. It sounds horrible. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. It's weird when you, we actually talk about driving in like the broader context because you realize it's very dangerous. Like. You have massive two-ton, three-ton, four-ton vehicles that are being controlled by one person who, for the record, cannot see everything that's going on around the vehicle at all times, which is a little scary when you think about it. And, like, these vehicles are not moving, like, slowly. They're moving 60 miles an hour, 70 miles an hour. Some of them can go up to, like, over 200 miles an hour. Within that context, it makes sense that the driving age should not go lower. No. <laughs> Um, but I think you could make an argument that people could get permits sooner because I actually think there is something to be said for having more experienced learning with an experienced driver in maybe a less stressful environment yeah. than getting like what we got our permits when we were 15, right? So yeah. we would have gotten our permits, had a year and then taken the driver's test when we were 16. So what would you yeah. propose for an age then? 14 sounds good. Two years of per of having a permit, or maybe you don't need to hold your permit for two years, but having the option of starting earlier so that you have two years potentially of experience driving before you get your license and are allowed to go onto the road is not... Sounds like a good idea, or at the very least to have that option sounds like yeah. a good yeah. idea. I do want to... This... Correct me if I'm wrong, but there, there could be an aspect of this where it depends on how fast that child is growing too mm. because if that kid yeah. is growing really fast during that time period they're gonna have to be adjusting to you know how their own body works and then all of a sudden they have this car as an extension of themselves so like if some kid just got taller in the last like month and they haven't been dri driving a car in that time they step in they're like i don't know half an inch taller and all of a sudden everything's a little bit off to them <laughs> yeah. now that that's yeah. it, it's not a big issue what i'm well. saying though is there, there could be something to be said about that aspect yeah. As someone who hasn't grown since freshman year, I just didn't even think about that. I didn't grow until I was like 15, so uh, that's, yeah. Yeah. That, that's, uh, 14 or 15 was when I started actually growing. But Yeah. The car probably just goes way faster if you grow an inch. It's just much you, more pressure. When you grow half an inch and it's like, are you aware that you were doing a 50 and a 35? No, no, I'm not officer. My bad. That's no, it's because I grew half an inch in the last <laughs> month. That's why I was speeding. No, yes. you, can't, yeah. you can't blame me for that. How, what would happen if a cop pulled you over and you said that? In my defense, I've grown in the last month. <laughs> just imagine saying that. Yeah. You Have know, you even taken or... physics officer? <laughs> Officer, oh I applied more force on the car. It just happens, you know? <laughs> oh, my gosh. What a mess I did not break be. the laws of physics. <laughs> I did not break the laws. I just grew. I evolved past them. My bad. <laughs> 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 All right, do you, guys, do you guys have anything else to say on, on Oh, these? no, we've uh, thoroughly gotten off topic on this one. I, I'm good. I think I have something. All yeah. right, let's hear it, Miles. I think if the age was raised to 18, it might be more difficult on people because... They might not be able to learn with their parents. So oh. it'd be hard for them oh, to... that's, that's yeah. an interesting perspective. It'd be hard to get someone, for some people, that could help them learn to drive. Oh, yeah. No, that's a... Yeah, that's an incredibly valid concern. Yeah. Um, they probably would have a lot less access you. to a car. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, yeah. that too. Mm -hmm. And I wonder, I wonder if raising the driving age puts more emphasis on public transportation. In other words, if you raise the dr 
driving age, would people take buses more, even as they get older? Maybe. There would have to be more buses, too. Yeah. Yeah. Because we don't have much public transportation. I think that, yeah, if you put an emphasis, or if you low, blah, raise the driving age, then you would have to have a stronger public transportation system to make up for it, right? Yeah. We could be like England and get a bunch of trains going everywhere. <laughs> well, we could be like most of Europe and get a bunch of trains going exactly. everywhere. Exactly. Hey, well, we're getting light rail soon. <laughs> well, yeah. Wow. Trains They've are been working really, on really cool. Yeah. They are. No, they're incredibly useful. They're incredibly and we safe. don't have the fast ones, though. That's the unfortunate <laughs> thing. You want like a bullet train or something? Yeah. <laughs> oh. When so I when I went to Japan I wanted to go to on, on a bullet train so badly. Oh, Unfortunately, yeah. I couldn't. But we went on some pretty fast ones. What were you like too young? <laughs> no, 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 no. It just didn't it happen. It wasn't in the itinerary. Yeah, we didn't we didn't cross paths with the bullet train. We just yeah. Just no, we. I, so I was, you have to be five feet tall. <laughs> <just. laughs> hey, That'd be kind hey, of funny. Hey, I was I was five foot one. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> don't bully me. <laughs> You were taller than that when we went to Japan. I don't know. I wasn't very tall. <laughs> I hit five feet tall at the end of my freshman year. Wait, no, seriously? No, in the middle of my freshman year. So winter of my uh, freshman year. Oh, man, I forgot how short you were for a while. Yeah. So then the next... I was probably 5'4 when yeah, I went to been, Japan. Yeah. That, that would make sense because that was the next year. Yeah. And then that's been. when I started uh, getting larger. All right, now let's move on to our final topic. Absolutely. Drinking ages. Ah, let's go. The real fun one. <laughs> well, okay, I'll kick this one off. Um, drinking has been a very strange problem for humanity for many, many years. Um, and it's probably the area that I'd say we have the most disputed range of ages. Yeah. Um, a lot of places actually have no drinking age restrictions. Most of Europe doesn't really have one. Um, or if they do, it's like 16. Yeah, it's it's pretty low. Um, America has a really high one relative to the rest of the world. Um, like even uh, just next door, Canada, I think it's like 18 or 19. Um, yeah, 18 and 19 for Canada. Ah. Um, USA is 21. There's not many countries that have 21. It's interesting. A lot of <laughs> Western Europe, uh, Asia... Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, it's completely illegal huh. to have anything there. Um, so, like, between Africa and then Western yeah. Western Asia. Well, uh, that's a, a religious reflection, isn't it? Yeah, that's, so. it's mainly religious yeah. reflection. Um, there's a couple places where it's actually... I think there's two countries that have it between 10 and 15 for their drinking age. Huh. Uh, 20 countries with 16 to 17. 116 countries between 18 and 19. Five at 20, exactly, mm -hmm. and 12 at 21. Yeah, so yeah. it's kind of all over the place on this one. Um, for America, at least, I think that our drinking age is actually a reflection of some kind of old habits for us. Um, prohibition <laughs> is one of my favorite things in American history because <laughs> we... I was not there. I wish I was there, though, because apparently America was so drunk that... Congress felt they needed to write it into the Constitution of the United States, the highest law in the entire land. This is the thing the Supreme Court interprets to determine how constitutional laws are and whether we can keep them. They decided they needed to write that we could no longer have alcohol in the United States. How drunk were people that we thought we had to say that in our like governing charter? I don't know. <laughs> It was but a anyway, pretty big issue. Yeah, yeah. it was massive. Um, mm -hmm. And it 
fostered the use of speakeasies, which I think is awesome. But I think that our unusually high drinking age is sort of a reflection of that. And we still drink a lot as a society. We have, I think, one of the highest uh, alcohol consumption rates in the world. However, I think it's also partly because of our high drinking age, because we have not normalized drinking in our society. And so underage drinking, which is high, um, is kind of, it's a fad, basically. It's a cool thing that you can do versus in, like, there's uh, Italy. I'll use Italy as an example. If you are drinking when your parents aren't home, that's fine. It doesn't matter because you could drink when they were home and they couldn't, you couldn't get arrested for it or anything. Or if someone called the cops on your party, it's not going to be for drinking, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think Italy specifically has 18 to 19 as their drinking range. Um, but then there's also different rules on, like, you know, private property and other right, things. Right. I think in the USA, it's, I think it's between 13 and 15, where if you're on private pop- property with a parent or a hmm. guardian, you're allowed to drink uh, certain oh, amounts of yeah. a certain type of alcohol. Huh. I think it's beer. But, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. They're like, okay, you can drink alcohol, but it's got to be bad. There's also non-alcoholic beer. Right, right. <laughs> so. Oh, that was horrible. <laughs> it, it, it is. I gotta agree with you on that one. It's not good. Yeah. My, my dad had it once, like during a a meeting with a bunch of people at our house, and he was like, "Oh, I I got this," and I was like, "Oh, can I, what is that?" And he's like, "Oh, it's non-alcoholic beer." And I was like, "Ah, let me let me take a sip out of it while my mom walks around the corner and just freak her out." It was pretty funny, but yeah. she knew it was non-alcoholic, so oh, I, I didn't sad. get the reaction I wanted. However, I wouldn't recommend it. it doesn't taste great. Isn't the whole yeah. point of the alcohol that it like? hides the bad flavor <laughs> a little bit no but alcohol is bad too so it's like i don't know none of us are uh none of know. us can speak on this because no, we don't actually really. do any no. underage we need drinking. to find like an anonymous source at this point to tell us what's good about hey alcohol, i got a but... cousin that's like 10 <laughs> and uh oh, no. he is known for stealing out of people's wine glasses Wow. Yeah. No, that's interesting. I, was, I saw him when he was like five yeah. years old and he grabbed my uncle's red wine and, you know, the, all of a sudden the glass was close to empty. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, wait, hold on. But Back I, to the yeah. topic at hand. Exactly. Anyways, underage drinking, as you were saying, is a big problem. Among people aged 16 to 17, 46.7% of them drink alcohol. And for people 18 to 20, which is still underage, mm-hmm. 68.3% drink alcohol. Mm. So That's I don't colleges think, right there. Yeah. yeah I, don't, I don't think the laws are doing a whole lot to stop that behavior. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, there's the argument that by having such a high drinking age, you're encouraging people's first experience drinking alcohol to be like at a party or something. Yeah. Where and it's actually dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. And young people... I was saying that their logical reasoning is like the the same as adults, but well, it, under it, pressure, under like high pressure circumstances or under peer, peer pressure, pressure is a real thing. it's a, it's it's a lot worse for them. Researched. Yeah. And there's yeah. also the whole difference between logical reasoning ability and then actual brain development finishing. Right. Yeah. And, I actually and if you're like drinking to too that. much before 25, your mm-hmm. brain development's not exactly. going to be as good. Yeah. So those are the counterpoints, right? Is the normalization yeah. of alcohol in our society so that drinking isn't as dangerous yeah and or, if you if you yeah. made it legal at like a young age like 16 or something that's potentially then dangerous. people no but it, okay yeah, yeah but, <laughs> For but you would make correct it, however you would make yeah. their first experience drinking be at home probably right with a trusted adult right right and well hopefully but yeah 
Yeah, the, but the thing is, I don't know if that would work in America because there already is this association of like having fun and like risk with alcohol that I think there isn't in a lot of the places in the world. So yeah. by lowering the age, would we just get rid of that immediately? Or would we just encourage something that's already a problem to become well, a bigger I problem? Mean, so there's something like with China, they don't have a drinking age in China. And a lot of kids do drink alcohol, but it's not something that's super, I don't know, super popular. I think a lot of people, more more in the big cities, um, a lot of teenagers are starting to notice a lot of the older people drinking a lot. And they're like, oh, they're acting a little insane. I don't. I maybe don't want to do that as much. So mm-hmm. they still drink, but it, it's more cautious. However, in places that are out of the big cities, mm-hmm. um, where the education tends to get a lot worse, mm-hmm. um, that it's kind of more of a popular thing too, right, like in the right. USA. Um, so I think the main issue here would be education and how we do it. The way we do it now, mm-hmm. I feel like some of those videos we see at school where we have to sit down and watch a video about don't drink, don't oh smoke, my all God. that stuff. Those actually make drinking and smoking seem like you're almost being dared to do it oh yeah like people cringe so bad at those videos those videos are terrible they don't actually encourage anything (laughs) i i think my favorite joke i had to watch one of those videos and i remember getting out my phone and texting one of my friends and we were just talking about what we were doing and i told her i was like uh we're watching a video about not drinking the only thing that it is doing is convincing me that I need to drink to get through this video. Based on the effects of drinking, inhibition and not being able to remember things sounds great at yeah. this point. That's for a, this video. That's a lot of alcohol right there. <laughs> oh, it was, well, it was a really terrible video. There's some <laughs> yeah. really horrendous acting in it. Yeah, it I was, think yeah. I think doing it through skits is a really bad idea. Like if you want to <laughs> effectively get to people, you do what. You do what me and Marcus's driver's ed class did, (laughs) which is, in that case, showing you a crap ton of car accidents. So many car accidents. And in this case, it would be just people like getting drunk. Yeah, in in my acting a fool or something. In my my case, for my class, we also did something like that. But it would be like every other class we did, our teacher would do a compilation of car crashes or like certain I don't know. Either people narrowly escaping car crashes or, like, I don't know, dank meme car crash <laughs> compilations. Well, I mean, there <laughs> are some like... truly horrendous car crashes out there. Like, some things that I thought only happened in cartoons. For example, there was a motorcycle one, I think, where the motorcycle crashed and, like, broke into three different pieces. Oh, wow. Or, no, it wasn't it broke. It, like, crashed and flew over it. And I was like, okay, that's bad. But not as bad as the one other ones I saw. And then it literally blew up. And I was like, whoa, wait, I thought I didn't think that happened outside of movies. Okay. And And this is the stuff they're allowed to show when it's not like actually in school. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And then there's another one. Like there's a whole, you know, the Rocket League's a massive popular game where you use cars to play soccer. (laughs) Now there's a whole genre of these Rocket League memes where it's cars going at super fast speeds, hitting a bump or going straight into the middle of a roundabout on that ledge and then they fly off straight into the air and then people put in a bunch of rocket league stuff like the soccer the ball or whatever <laughs> and so it's like a whole meme but in that case it actually has some sort of educational value of please do not be stupid and drive straight into the center of a roundabout i am yeah. amazed that we just co- connected rocket league to educational value I, we and we went from drinking right to now. driving yeah. drinking and driving they're actually extremely connected and so yeah. i think that age restriction to 21 is helpful because oh yeah if it was lowered and then the, a lot of more people would be drinking at a younger age 
And since people at our age tend not to be the smartest people, <laughs> we'd probably see a raise in you know. Well, yeah. Drunk what would be cases. concerning yes. is I, if you've normalized it, then someone might not actually know when they've had an unhealthy amount to drink in order to drive. Yeah, and, and I think that's yeah. a problem with having a low drinking age and a low driving age. Mm-hmm. Most people have one or the other, but not both. But yeah. then I think 18 tends to be, for a lot of European countries, 18 is just all across the board. Yeah. Except for vo- voting tends to be 16 through 18 in the European countries. But for everything else, it tends to be 18. So they're pretty you know, steadfast on those. But there is some of those issues with a lot of drunk driving mm-hmm. at age 18 Yeah, in those countries. I mean, well, yeah, that's the issue. And I think that's probably why it's good we have a disconnect between our drinking and driving ages, right? Mm-hmm. So... I mean, in general, though, probably the greatest concern when we're talking about drinking is just this inherent peer pressure, right, that occurs when we're talking about the incredibly high rates of underage drinking. And so I think that there is something to be said for normalizing it within our society, but we need to find a different way of going about that. One that, and it will have to be directly connected to an inverse relationship with driving, right? Yeah, better education. Mm-hmm. is the main part. I think a lot of this whole discussion comes down to how well you can educate yeah. educate people. Or scare. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think... Or scare. Scaring, there, there is a little bit of value in that, but it's a negative value. Downton Abbey season 3 so. didn't scare you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. I, I think bad. using fear can be effective, but in the long long term, mm-hmm. it's, it's not good. People um, don't respond to anything other than fear, though. Like, if you're showing... <laughs> <laughs> this is about to become a deep conversation. <laughs> okay, we'll have, we'll do an, our next episode's philosophy. Absolutely, yeah. that would be fun to do. Yes. However, we're not going to do that. The response, the fear response. Like, okay, but actually, like, what are teenagers going to respond positively to? respond to? Other than like smoking, for example, that was solved by just relentless negative propaganda. Like, well, like well, there's not, not much else you can do. as much propaganda. Well, actually, it's more like, here's the facts. I would argue that the way that we the way that we address smoking actually wouldn't work now. Um, because when we address smoking, social media and the internet were, like, nascent, right? And so now we would say, hey, smoking is bad for you. And... Someone on like oh what would I even even choose QAnon or even just Twitter <laughs> would say something like just, no just smoking is not real in fact smoking is good for you and what the government doesn't want you to know is it'll turn you into a super soldier or something you know <laughs> hey That's if like you can get your lungs to have a bunch of metal in them you might actually end up getting metal throughout your entire body and then you can be a super soldier exactly and that's, that's what exactly they would say how it works they'd be like let's not trust the scientists with phds and nobel prizes and stuff let's trust the guy with the like 2.5 gpa on the internet who spends I think his 2. days 5, trolling yeah. people 2.5 <laughs> is a bit generous there Ouch! <laughs> yeah. To be fair, though, I think social media, yeah, it might like distract people. You might listen to different people that aren't the most credible, but it also provides another opportunity to get the word out. Yeah. Like, how many ads have you seen on YouTube about just is it not inhaling toxic metals? And yeah, yeah. <laughs> those, used to, those used to be a really big thing. Oh no, vaping is. A, I think the one of the biggest things that you see ads about saying like, here's all the bad sides mm-hmm. um, of vaping. 
Now, there yeah. are also ads that's like, here's a cool new vape that you can <laughs> <Yeah>. get. <laughs> what ads are you watching? <laughs> no, no. no I, it's kind of funny. I get a, an odd mix. Um, <laughs> it's like, sometimes I'll get a ton of, well, okay. The one that everyone gets, though, Grammarly. You oh, cannot gosh, see those ads. ads. And then there's the Old Spice ads. Those ones are pretty good. Oh, I don't get those. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I do want to shift this a little bit. If, since top. we're talking about things related to addiction, mm-hmm. what if there's an age restriction for social media usage? That oh. would be extremely hard to manage, right? Well, be, I get that. But there yeah. is social media usage and addiction has become a real issue. Mm-hmm. Now, if, right now, I don't think it would be something we'd have to implement in age on or restrict as much. But in the if it keeps progressing and gets way, way worse in the future, would that be something to consider? I think it's something to consider now. I don't think we ever will, though. For social um, media? Yeah, I don't think we will because I think social media companies are too valuable. And, like, when we confronted Big Tobacco, they were big. Like, there was a lot of money in the industry, but not nearly as much as social media. Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter, these are some of the biggest companies in the world right now. Uh, like, literally, so... Well, like Facebook's meta now. Okay, well, you know that, what? that whole switch was... Okay, that switch was weird. That was Continue. weird. But, Continue. yeah. But, anyway, I think that they can effectively do whatever they want. And the fact that there is no government oversight is because they will fund the people who are supposed to provide government oversight to them. Yeah. I think that, it's It's minimal government oversight. Yeah. Right. They're not going... Like, we're not going to be able to regulate them because they're too powerful and too successful it's it's the whole issue it's actually um, how america is to other smaller countries like yeah. we have a relationship but it's not like they actually have leverage on us you know like the federated states of micronesia does not have leverage on the united states of america they just they don't you know yeah Creed, were you talking about like banning social media for certain ages like completely or not, not ba- i'd say restricting okay. that, that's what i was saying I think banning, that's not going to happen. No. There's I no way. Yeah, I, I don't mean, think you can. There's no way you can possible. ban. But restricting or, you know, having limits on it, I think would be something to look into. Mm-hmm. And then, once again, education on the subject. Yeah. I don't think that, I feel like that'd be in, encroaching on people's First Amendment rights. Okay. That is kind of the sticky piece of legislation, right? Um and it kind of hits on this fundamental issue uh, for all of us, which is, is social media free speech? And more importantly, when, how does free speech work as related to massive disinformation? That's something that we've been trying to deal with the digital age, the digital age, but kind of unsuccessfully. Because the whole, very nature of free speech means that we have to let lies uh, have as much free reign as truth. Because if we restrict, if we start defining lies and how we restrict them, eventually we can start uh, restricting truth. And a lot of people are like, okay, no, we're smarter than that. I mean, that's, but, there's aspects of that that are happening already. Well, yeah. And you can see that in countries around the world uh, that don't have as much freedom of speech. I mean, you go to a country like China let's say, um, where I grew up and, you know, you can't say bad things about the government. Yeah. There's reasons behind that. And there's a reason why Winnie the Pooh is banned in China. 
You can literally not access anything related to Winnie the Pooh in China unless That's you have hilarious. like a VPN. The reason for that is because there was a photo of uh, Xi Jinping and it was compared next to a photo of Winnie the Pooh and they looked very similar and then he got angry and oh, threw a hissy fit. Oh, I forgot about this. Um, <laughs> so the Christopher Robin movie didn't yeah. get released in China. So <laughs> they lost a massive amount of money on that market. That's hilarious. Yeah. Well, yeah, because that's like a billion person market. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think when in Star Wars, when they were marketing The Last Jedi, or maybe it was the ninth one, you know, they have this character, Finn, who's a pretty main character, and yeah. he's African American, oh, and they yeah. like put him to they the put side. put him in the side. So yeah. in the original poster, he's more up front, mm-hmm. but in the Chinese one, they put him at like the very back, hmm. in, the, yeah. in like kind of hidden almost. Um, so then that's a whole different thing. Yeah, that's a that's a different issue. <laughs> it's a shame. Yeah. Oh, sorry. It's a shame uh, referring to the seven, eight, and nine in Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> sequence because those were they weren't movies. really great movies, no. but you know the actors deserve what they were. Oh, know. the actors were great. No, they, for the most part. Yeah, no, they were. <laughs> there were some well, that were excellent. Good. All right, but I think we're know. getting too far off yes, topic. Yes, never no. mind. Sorry, and we're, we're segwaying to Star Wars. My bad. Yeah, we're also almost out of time. Uh, you're welcome. We've taken up almost the entire hour of radio, <laughs> so that's fun. Thank you for listening to our show. This has been That's Debatable. Just a reminder that everything we've said on this podcast doesn't necessarily reflect our own opinions or the opinions of KMIH 88.9 The Bridge. So with that, we will say goodbye. Thank you for listening. <laughs>